Hello and welcome. You. Yes, you. Welcome to Tread Lightly, the podcast where me, T-Rex, and Raptor over there are talking about books. This week's book is Angel's Blood by Nalini Singh. Okay, so... U.S. Today best-selling author Nelanie Singh introduces a world of beauty and bloodlust where angels hold sway over other, over vampires. Vampire hunter Eleanor something French knows she's there. Yes. But she doesn't know if she's good enough for this job. Hired by the dangerously beautiful archangel Raphael, a being so lethal no mortal wants his attention, only one thing is clear. Failure is not an option, even if the task is impossible. Because this time, it's not a wayward vamp she has to track. It's an archangel gone bad. The job will put Eleanor in the midst of a killing spree like no other, and to pull and pull her to the razor's edge of passion, even if the hunt doesn't destroy her, succumbing to Raphael's seductive touch just may. For when Archangels play, mortals break. <laughs> yes. It's a bit dramatic. And, I mean, once again, the blurb giving pretty much everything away. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie, I, I didn't know anything about the book. Like, I ha- hadn't even read the blurb when I picked up the book. All I knew was... This book is on the list to read. I'm going to read it. And I know the title. And that was all I knew. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, I probably should have, I don't know, made myself a bit more aware of the topic and what kind of book it actually was instead of just picking it up at random and reading it. Yeah, I threw you in the deep end a little bit with this one. Uh, so, yeah, but it was kind of, yeah, it was funny. <laughs> Yeah, just so everybody knows, this is a romance book. Well, ish. It's a romance fantasy novel, and Trex is not a fan of the romance <laughs> genre. I mean, to be clear, I, I don't mind romance novels. I certainly don't mind paranormal romance novels, because seeing how I'm more fantasy and sci-fi person, that certainly comes more into my direction than just a good old romance book. Um, I just find that most romance stories have some cringy and cliche stupidity in them <laughs> that does annoy me to no end. So I, I, I don't know if I ever had a, a romance book where I didn't have at least one part in the book where I started ranting to myself about this shit, man. Yeah, yeah and this book's no exception for you, is it? No, not really. I mean, it is one of these type of books that the the authors seem to write in a couple of weeks, where it's like, we'll go with some, some basic, not super high-stakes plot, and just throw in the, the forced romance in there, and it'll be fine. People will buy it. But, yeah, I mean, it wasn't terrible. It was not a terrible read. There was actually some plot in there, so... I enjoyed this book when I read it. I got the recommendation from another podcast that I listened to, which is SW Read Rom, which says, so, smart women read romance. (laughs) So their recommendations are usually pretty good. 
Um, none of the characters are particularly stupid, and the stories have a bit of plot. So yeah. I didn't think that this would be too bad for you, but you did kind of go in a little bit blind. So how what's what's your rating then? What do you what are you giving this book out of five? Um, I, I think my rating definitely like went up and down as I read the book. <laughs> I did send you a couple of heated uh, voice messages Ooh, as I was yeah. reading it. Um, it I don't know. I think I'd probably give it two and a half stars out of five. Yeah, look, I, okay, I'd give this a, a three-star rating. It's It was enjoyable. It wasn't a difficult read. I When I was reading it, what I'm looking for is nothing too dramatic that I can't churn out in a couple of hours. Like, I'm not putting too much time into figuring out anything about yeah. this story. And it fills that gap, like, fills that gap really nicely. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely was an easy read and something to to read in the background, sort of. It, it did fulfill its purpose, I suppose. But then what really is its purpose? Um, Entertainment! <laughs> the author um, is seemingly quite proficient at these type of books because she has written about 200 books. Yeah, she's and on her game. Yes, and they're all along these lines. Like, they're all some kind of really long series of some kind of supernatural love story going on. Um, <laughs> I, had a bit, I had a bit of a look on uh, Goodreads where they... <laughs> Um, people couldn't decide on, on if they're terrible or if they're genius. <laughs> a couple of people were just like, this is paranormal romance. It's like all the other ones. It's great. It's fine. And then <laughs> some of the stories she writes are just on such a weird premise. <laughs> and people just going, I, I don't know why I even picked this up. I'm really <laughs> fucking disturbed now. Please send help. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple of know, Maybe she gets commissions. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know, but yes. So let's get into a spoilery section here, shall we? Spoilers! Alrighty, tidy. So um, we, I think we, we start the story getting introduced to our main female protagonist, Elena. Yeah. She's on a hunt, isn't she? Yes. Because in every good fantasy story where we have a female paranormal hunter. She needs to be introduced doing her badass job of hunting. Yeah, she's badass. Yes, so, so much so. Con- There's a little bit of concept work here. Um, she is a hunter. So there are different classes of beings in this world. There are uh, archangels, which are gloriously long-lived beings who don't give two shits about humans. There are human beings, funnily enough. Um, there are human beings plus, which is the uh, hunters, of uh, which I are mean, pro- 
part of the hunters are like the the hunter born. Oh yes. Sorry. And some of them are just humans who get good fight training, I guess. Yeah, it's just a job like any other. Um. So. Oh, and then there's vampires, and the vampires and some are those... normal angels in there too. Like I think we only oh, have yeah. very few archangels. They're like the the top of the corporate ladder here. Yeah, but I believe that the other angels, that the boring angels, don't really get to make it to Earth because they don't. They don't have. There's no reason for them to go to Earth. They don't serve a purpose. No, right? I mean, we have we have the normal angels around, kind of serving the archangels, partially. Oh, okay. I I just thought they were all vampires. It's fine. <laughs> um. Cool. And um, yes. And we get we get the introduction scene of Elena doing her badassery of hunting, which gets a bit undermined by the fact how easy it is to catch the vampire she's hunting. Yeah. It's not like, like it's a long really fight easy. or she's she's like showing off her incredible um I don't Skills know. Yeah, rough. it's basically just mm, ah, I smell him. He's over there. Oh, right, I have it in handcuffs now. Great. Yeah. It's just a job like any other. Yes, and apparently not a really difficult one. Yeah. But um, we get some of the the setup here where we are being told that vampires are created by angels which confused me to no end in the beginning because it made no fucking sense like wait angels are creating vampires now yeah and that because they create them they kind of have to sign a contract about i'm your slave now basically because you made me immortal so the vampires belong to the archangel that made them yes they're subjugated uh for a hundred years as the cost of their uh, transformation into an immortal. Yeah, they're like proper waiting lists and everything where people apply to become a vampire. Yeah. So Which, I just like the idea of there being an office similar to the DMV where you come in and fill out a form to apply for vampirism. Takes all sorts to make the world go around. <laughs> yes, apparently. Um... So, yes, we have her, not very skillfully, (laughs) getting her vampire and bringing him to a private jet from the, that the archangel sent from, or angel sent from wherever he is sitting. And she does Up in the angel tower. Well, no, I think that one actually belongs to, oh, it doesn't matter. She, she hands over the, the bounty more or less. And that's pretty much it. I mean, they're all impressed that she got him that fast or something, but... Yeah, but she's the greatest the guild has ever seen. Yes, and this didn't seem to require any skill, so I don't know why we're clapping. Because she's got a really good schnoz. Uh, because she's the main protagonist, more like. Yeah. Well, yeah. So then we... She goes home, she's like in her apartment, we get a very significant drawing onto the fact that this is her apartment, this is her place of rest and peace, and oh, it's so great. There's no work here. Yes. Um, and I, like, uh, it's made a big deal because 
Her family comes from money, but she got kicked out of it for picking her career? For picking her hunter skills and deciding to run with it and do the job. Not ignoring it like a good lady should. Yes. And marrying somebody practical for the family business, like her sister did. Um, so very archaic in that in that sense. Um, yes, yeah, so for a long time she lived with one of her friends who is now the director of the guild hunt, and when she finally got the apartment, she was like, this is mine. I'm so excited. Dip, dip, and dip, I just can't hide it. There's more lyrics, I know, but it's fine. Um, um, I don't want to lose control, because I think I like it. Well, isn't that a theme of this novel? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Uh, so... (laughs) I'm really cool, I promise. Sorry, yes. Yes, she is. Shut up. Okay, so we get introduction to apartment. We get her on the phone with her best friend slash... Director? Yes. And we get some of her boring background story, whatever. Um, She goes, well, you actually got a new job now. Somebody super important requested especially you, and there's already been, like, money transferred for it, and it's all very exciting. Yes, a lot, lots and lots of money, like ridiculous volumes of money yeah and she's like it's somebody from the angel tower which apparently is like a huge skyscraper in the middle of the city yeah uh, where all the fucking really important angel live and fly in and out from it sounds like a yeah you know, like think, an owl tower <laughs> think new york pre 9-11 and the inspo for this tower is 100 percent the twin towers but one tower I mean, we are in New York, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. Um, yes, so clearly this must be a super fancy angel. Lots of money, lots of status, and she doesn't know if this is not too intimidating. Yeah, she's like, this seems dangerous. And everybody's like, yeah, but cash money. <laughs> also, it seems like, I mean, the whole time it sounds like she doesn't even have a choice. Like, yeah. somebody contracted you, they already did the first payment for the job. You can't really, like, say you don't want to do it. It sounds very much forced. Yeah. Which, eh, bit, bit stupid, but yes. Also a theme for this novel. <laughs> yes, oh god, yes. So, next day, it's she goes... It's an issue. <laughs> um. Uh-huh. Um, yes, next day she goes, like, all in her fancy professional clothing and up to the tower. Um, we get, like, the introduction of the vamps working for the, the angels in the, like, in the fancy foyer and everything. And she takes the glass elevator up to the top level. Because somehow we need to make this dramatic scene on on the roof, and it's made clear that it's very windy on top of a skyscraper. In case anybody didn't know. Yeah, which seems like a great place to have a first meeting with somebody who definitely dies when falling off said skyscrapers. Not to mention, how do you even hear yourself talk? 
Yeah, they go inside, don't they, for some of it? It doesn't sound like they did, but it's like if I know. We we have her getting up, and then <clears throat> there he is. Oh my God, the glorious, the most pretty of them all, the handsome man meat, Raphael. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, archangels. We have like like ten of them or something in their little archangel clubhouse. <laughs> Which I mean, it is what it sounds like. Um, yes. So he's yes, like there are one ten. of the he's one of the highest angels days and one of the fewest with so much power and age and uh. Wow, you're very impressed by this guy, aren't you? I mean, he was so fucking blown up as a person. I think she described him for like three pages or something, just oh the glistening wings and all the muscles and he was so pretty and oh her mouth fell and open. Pretty and <laughs> She basically just stood well, there. smells good, doesn't he? He smells good. Yes, because one of her skills as a hunter born is being able to smell different beings, but she can't really, like, she can't really track angels. Like, she can track vampires by their smell. Because that's not really what hunters do. Hunters only track the vampires that try to run away from their masters. Yeah, they're indentured servitude. When they decide that a hundred years is not worth it because you're basically a slave and you can, if you're female or pretty and uh, you may just get sold off to the highest bidder. Yeah, especially because like it is really slavery. You have no rights whatsoever. You sign them all away and it's legal. It's just... Mm. Uh. I mean, yeah, there is, there is a group that stands for the rights of vampires. There's like a proper agency that is all about the, the rights of vampires, but I don't think they have any authority until the 100-year contract is over. I think yeah. for as long as you are owned by somebody, you're fucking owned by them. It's creepy. Not a lot of things you can do. Yes, so... But, yeah... He also smells nice, like a candle. <laughs> I just, I just, I'm imagining a Yankee candle with wings. Uh, so, yes, she, she, she builds up this, our main love interest. Clearly, I, I didn't need to read the blurb to, to realize that, seeing how she, it's the first man that is described as not filthy and disgusting, but as the most... <laughs> Hunky hunky meat ever seen by human eyes. Yeah, and he's also a dick. Like he's a massive dick. He is an asshole. I think one of my first voice messages to you was, mm. "I already know those two are gonna end up, and I'm not okay with this." He's an mm. asshole. Yeah, pretty much that was the first one. Mm. Yes. So apparently, because archangels live forever and uh the super most powerful thing of it all. They think humans are super beneath them, and they have a massive ego, and they're just royal dicks. Yeah, basically. Yeah, so not not really that fun, honestly. And she is she's kind of set up to be one of these people who doesn't have a filter. She just 
she says what she thinks, even when it's not smart to say this right now to this person, which I guess intrigues him. Yeah. yeah. She, she's You're not she, like she, other girls. Yes, of course. She has to be. We're also individuals. Oh. Yeah. And definitely unique and not exactly the same. <laughs> That's why these romance novels are sold so well. Uh, yes. So I know how they do really well. <laughs> um. Yeah. So they talk, and it's awkward because she can't stop fucking staring at him, and also so pretty. Yeah. And we also figure out that apparently archangels have the power to influence your mind. Oh yeah. Which brainwashing. Fucking creepy. Yeah, so he kind of keeps sneaking into her head, almost like he doesn't notice he's doing it because he's so used to fucking with people, apparently. Um, and just kind of, I don't know, tries to come onto her in her head. It is yeah. definitely creepy. But she's apparently got the wherewithal to at least say no now. <laughs> yes. Or now. And she's like, get out of my head. This is fucking creepy. So I appreciate that we're not blind about this right now. Yeah. And yes. And even though he does that at the same time, it seems like at least at this stage, he doesn't want anything from her except the job. It's. Yeah. He's not doing the. She's like a little. thing on purpose. Yeah. She's like a, a little belittling human, like, what do I want with you? Yeah, Yeah. Which, why would I want you? You're a human being. There's nothing interesting about you, and you'll die very easily. And I have so many hot vamps at my disposal, like, ugh. And they at least won't break immediately. <laughs> yes, that too is not creepy at all. The whole premise of, God, I would probably break you and fucking you. What the hell? Ah, oh, God, these books, man. Okay, so we we have them talking about the job that she's here to do while she attempts not to drool all over the table. And um, he tells Mildly her that... successfully. Yeah. And he tells and her that... Let's make it clear to people, I did enjoy this book. <laughs> yes. That's good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm very glad at least one of us. Yeah, I can get on board with being angry about these things, but I enjoyed it when I read it. Yes. I mean, some parts I enjoyed too, but yes. Um, yeah, so they, they talk about the task and that she needs to pass a test first before she can do the job. And he gets two vampires to stand behind her and she, two people to stand behind her. She needs to identify them with her fancy hunter powers. It's a nose test. <laughs> yes. How smelly are the people behind you on a scale of one to ten? <laughs> what do you nose? Anyway. Um, sorry. <laughs> oh, God. It's going to be one of those days. <laughs> Clearly. Um, yes. So she is able with her cool fancy nose skills to identify that one of them is a vampire the other one isn't 
and he like reveals that they're both one, vampires. Yeah, but one of them. I mean, they were both just recently turned because he wanted to know, like, how early on into vampirism she can sense them, or them. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so they're both like really new, but only one of them has been allowed to have his first sip of blood, and the other one hasn't. And she can only apparently find them if they have had some kind of blood intake. Yeah. Once and they've then, started hurting people. <laughs> yes. And well, then we get the big dramatic reveal that she isn't gonna be tracking or hunting a vampire, but an archangel. Dun dun dun. And she just goes like, "Yeah, mate, I can't track angels. Sorry, <laughs> I can only track vampires. That that's it. That's how this whole thing works." Because I.e. Vampire Hunter. Did you see the title? So on the business card. Yeah, and he just went straight on with ignoring that fact. Like, it's not the most important one right here. And just goes with, yeah, sure, you keep talking. And just, I mean, he tells her the name of the Archangel, Uam or something. Ah, uh, yeah. Once again, these fucking fantasy sci-fi names. This, these are biblical names. Yes, as I said, these fucking fantasy sci-fi names. <laughs> Careful. Why? Am I going to burn in hell? Or on Earth, whatever. Or well, you'll probably offend somebody is what I'm really worried about. Well, then let me quote the great and incredible Stephen Fry. You're offended, so fucking what? Uh, so. I mean, we're not sitting me? in the south of America right now, so I think I'll be okay. True, 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 true. Okay, so. Yes, he's like, you're gonna be tracking this Archangel guy, but not yet. We gotta wait for first blood to be drawn. And she's like, I don't understand what's going on here. I don't see what angel blood. Wait, what? She doesn't get anything that he's saying, and he's not being helpful by clearing him as himself up. No, why would we help the story forward? Yes. She's yeah, a bigger than human. She doesn't need information. No, she's definitely not a detective or anything. She's a tool. Humans aren't important, it's fine. Yes. And while being a massive egotistic dick, um, she just goes with, okay, this is this is all really weird and crazy, and I think I'm going to go now. And then she leaves and goes to the park to think about it, and the, then he turns up at the park because he can fly. Yeah, because he's an angel and he has wings. <laughs> just seems like she was writing this story and she's like well maybe we have to break up this conversation hold on we pause it and just continue it in a different setting yes that's it <laughs> it seems so hey. strange I mean uh, as long as she enjoys it she if she enjoys it she can keep writing yeah I mean which apparently she has done very successfully seeing how she's popped out 200 plus books yeah, I don't know how she has any time. I mean, 
they're, they're not Stephen King novels, so I think it's, you know, takes probably a bit less yeah, to get them. But I also can't write, and uh, I don't like... I I can't write anything. <laughs> That's okay. There, there are a lot more people that can do that and still publish books. Rude. And <clears throat> so they keep talking in the park about this, and something that actually kept confusing me a bit throughout the book because the the perspective of the narrator changes a lot. Like sometimes we have a third person just describing them from the outside and then we are suddenly in her head seeing it from her view and then sometimes we even get into Raphael's head. And having yeah, everything so it's from a romance her... novel. Yeah, but it's not just it's not the it's not just the let's jump from her and his perspective and ideally just each chapter, it's like jumping back and forth between one sentence and the next, and then all of a sudden we're in third person view now, just seeing it all from the outside. It kept jumping so much, I got really confused sometimes. It was, it, it yeah, could have, I could have done with a bit of structure there, is all I'm saying. But that takes but, time and planning. Yeah. Um... Yes, so I'm not sure if there's anything important more said in the park, except for the the, the great passage of the ducks that I... What that is it I, with you and duck passages? I I'll like ducks, just okay. one time. Yes, but it's one of the few times in this book I actually, like, laughed, like, where I actually enjoyed myself while reading it, so... Um, it's, it's in the beginning when she arrives at the park and is still alone, and she's like sitting in Central Park and staring at the ducks swimming in the pond. And and then she just like thinks to herself that she came here to to get her head straight and and, and get clear thoughts and all that. But all she could think about was whether or not ducks had dreams. <laughs> she figured not. What would a duck dream about? Fresh bread, a nice flight to wherever the hell it was ducks went. So yes, I don't know why, but some authors really have a fixation on putting ducks into their stories. It seems to be a theme, and I'm now prepared to only read books that have ducks in them. Like, not books about ducks, but books that seem to accidentally have ducks in them. <laughs> please That's send your all. recommendations of pseudo-duck books. Yes, please, if you know a book that has ducks in them that is in no way important or related to the story, this is the shit I'm here for. <sighs> Clearly you're not pleased about the ducks. I like ducks. I, I'm getting that. <laughs> okay. So, yes. Ducks, park, angel in the park. Dum, da, dum, dum. Um, ducks. Yes. Um, I think she then goes home and starts Googling the Uram guy. Yeah. Because um, that's actually something I have to say I liked about the, the premise of the story, that angels and vampires and all supernaturals like in the opening and just incorporated into the human world. It's not the whole, ooh, nobody knows about vampires. We have to be careful when we hunt them because nobody can know they exist and all that. So I did like the premise of humanity. Everybody knows. This yeah, is humanity and super paranormal beings just all being integrated to an extent. I mean, humans have very little to do with the paranormal, but 
still. They uh, exist. They can sign up to the vampire program. <laughs> just Their lives are short, and then they program. die. Yes. Um, yes. So she googled the the target because Raphael was refusing to give her any information on him because he's like, well, you just need to track them. You don't need to know anything. And she's like, well, I can't track them. I need to know something so I can psychologically track them. And he's like, yeah. no. I'm don't. not just a nose. <laughs> not to mention that I can't smell this. Why won't you understand? So clearly talking like beyond any point of reason with each other. Um, yeah, so she's Googling some info on him. And then I think next day she's already going back to the tower to meet him again. Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh, no, hold on. He shows up in front of her window like a creepy Oh, and she meets him on the roof. Yeah, and then she's like, well, none of those windows open. How convenient. And goes up to the roof. And he's like, well, we we, got to talk about this this job some more. Because, I don't know. You're not paying attention. Yes. And you're mad that I'm not telling you any information. Yeah, pretty much. And he's like, let's go. We shouldn't do this on the roof. Let's go down into your apartment. And she's like, no, my apartment is my sanctuary. It's my haven. You're not getting in there. Yeah. No vampires, no angels, no work colleagues, nobody exciting in the apartment. Yeah. So he's like, fine, then... Well, Rooftop chat it is. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, well, fine, then we'll do it at your office or wherever. She's like, okay, I'll follow you in the car. And he's like, no, nah, I don't have that time. So he just starts dragging her onto the roof in order to set flight, and she keeps refusing, and then he just goes into her head and kind of controls her feet <laughs> yeah. to, like, force her to move, which... Yeah. Mm, and that matters. Yes, I, that's that's one of the issues I usually have with these paranormal romance books. Oh, Roman books in, in general, a lot of them seem to have this weird image that all a woman wants is a really forceful guy. And it's... Mm, that's well, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people for that. It's, it's a really common um, fantasy, right? To, to not have to worry about control or anything else. I'm like, like I, I get that part. It's just that I have the feeling not a lot of the time you could do that better than straight up taking consent. Yes, I agree. The things I want somebody else to make the decisions on is what to cook for dinner, <laughs> um, how we're going to get to our destination, shit like that. Less so like flying off a roof, um... Uh, yeah, are we getting married? Uh, will I... Well, no, I don't want to give away any more of the plot points. But anyway. Yes, but in also, you know, even if you were a person who was like, no, I want you to control my entire life because this is what I want. We never get a point where they have a fucking normal conversation to say, this is what I want. And the other person going, oh, great. I love controlling people. We fit so well. No, it's like, I want to control people and you better get on board with that shit. It's, it's just well, the way she doesn't really get on board with it. I think I got three novels into this book. Sorry. Series. Okay. Well, and I found something else to do with my time. 
Yeah, so yes, he um, forces her to take flight with him. She does kind of get excited about it at some stage because she always loved the idea of being able to fly, so she does enjoy the whole joyride, I guess. Um, and they end up at the Angel Tower again because he couldn't be bothered to fly to her office. Yeah, because he's an asshole. Yes. And um, he's so sexy. <laughs> yes, that really is the dramatic point. Um, Guys, yeah. if you smell good enough, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, just like throw away that axe body spray, get something good, and you're fine. Um, okay, so we we get to the Angel Tower, and it turns out he's like super fucking useless on trying to get more like professional on all this, but decides to take her to a vampire orgy instead. I don't know, they're gonna go and try and find Dimitri. Yes. Because Dimitri has more information. He just happens to be at the vampire orgy. Yeah, but then they don't talk about that information with him, do they? No. It's like we're setting up a plot point and then in the middle of it I'm like, you know what? This doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> Let's just move on. <laughs> it's like she changed her mind in the middle of writing it and just left it. Oh god. No, okay. it's a it's an example of the dark side of the vampire lifestyle. Yeah, because she um at some point before that, when they were talking, she made it clear that she doesn't understand why people want to become a vampire and do all of that. And he was trying to prove to her the point that there's something more to being a vampire that people enjoy. And apparently it's a bunch of vampires and a lot of famous human people just getting it on. Yeah, so she's in there just watching that weirdness unfolding we get an introduction to dimitri one of the vampires that serve Raphael, who comes on to her strong i think he just wants to make her uncomfortable yeah maybe he's like here's somebody who's definitely not okay with sex she's frigid yeah so we have that and then we also what i feel like mostly out of nowhere Raphael decides, you know what? I changed my mind. I do want to fuck the human that is so beneath me and so, like, not One with the good nose. Yeah. But, like, we never get get a good segue from him barely noticing her because she's so much beneath him and all of that and going over to, you know what? I do want me some piece of that ass. Uh, I think that just he goes from being, like, not in the mood to being in the mood. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, just, it seemed to be a bit... She's there, it's convenient. Yeah. Doesn't have to go outside or go back into the vampire orgy. (laughs) And, yeah, he goes on about that he hasn't been with a human in, I don't know, decades, millennia, I don't know, something long. Probably, like, a millennia old, so... Oh, right, yeah. Then probably maybe some centuries. Um, A long period of time, at any rate. And she's all like, nope, let's not 
let's let's not know professionalism yes and also you're a creepy asshole so no yeah i do kind of appreciate that he's like (laughs) sorry what and she's like uh that's a strong no from me you've been weird this is weird again no from me and you know what she's not like other girls (gasps) she says no to him oh such such all and i feel like other people have said no too and he just didn't hear it yes there are definitely some strange rape vibes going around just saying um yeah so it's like well fine for now not letting this go clearly and i think we'll, come, we'll a, circle back to this point <laughs> yes <clears throat> and he basically just goes well um by the way it's in the city and she's like oh well that's gonna be fucking Thanks. easy then we'll just look for a guy with huge wings like how hard can it be and then he reveals that yeah you know if Archangel gets old enough, Archangel gets super cool and fancy powers, like this one, and swap, he's invisible. Super convenient. Yes. So she's like, oh great, so now we are searching in a huge city for somebody we cannot see, and I repeat this again, cannot smell. What the hell are we doing here? And he just like, no, 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 it'll be fine. Yeah, he just goes, just just give it time. In in, in a while, all of this will work out fine. And she's like, more information. He's like, ha, 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 no. Yes, and so she leaves. And we get that really, ah, so weird, tiny chapter in between, where it's just Raphael and Dimitri talking. Mm-hmm. And Dimitri is like, ooh, I want me some of that ass. And Raphael's like, nope, she's off limits because I want me some of that ass. And it's just, ugh, God. Damn, she's a sexy fish. A sexy fish. Damn, she's a sexy fish. (laughs) Yes. So, that happens. And then she's home, and then not sure what happens next. Um, doesn't he, he's like, I'm really infatuated, infatuated. (laughs) He has flatulence about this human. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. He's infatuated with the human being. Yes. And, uh, he calls that lady, or is this way, that's way further down the line in the story. Yeah. No. Uh, he calls the chick in Beijing or in the Silent City. Um. No. Yeah. I think he actually does that. No. You're right. He calls. Um. Uh, at some point in between all of this, we have a quick meeting in the Archangel Clubhouse, where the five or six, or I don't know how many there are, where the ten, minus the bad one. Okay. So we're the now nine. <laughs> fancy badass archangels are meeting to talk about how we have to take down Uram before he destroys us all. And he's like, yes, I have engaged 
someone on the matter who will help us. And now I should go back talking to her because that's not. I've what given we have her no doing. information. I mean, up to this point, plot-wise, nothing else has happened than them talking in various different locations. So let me go back to talk to her some more. <laughs> But he goes all numb, right, from this weird conversation, or is that later? Um, no, that happens now. I think he goes back to his tower and into the, like, weird empty room where he, like, concentrates all his whatever power. And, like, a lot of this is just don't ask questions. It's magic. And basically contacts one of the, one of the uh, the oldest archangel alive, the the chick from yeah. from Asia. She's in um, the Silent City in the Emperor's Castle. And he's using the Forbidden weird... City. I'm sorry. Yeah. Hold on. Before we actually get to before that happens, we have that weird scene between them. I think that might have happened before she left the the tower the last time, where he's, like, coming onto her, and then also, in her mind, coming onto her, to a point where it's a very thin line between rape and not rape. Uh, yeah, that's right. She's like, oh, I'm so confused about this consent element. Yes, because she makes it clear that she doesn't want this, but then he kind of makes her want to want it in her head, and she's like, what the fuck? You stay away from me, you creepy raping creep. Yeah. And like storms out of the building, which one of the most sensible things she does, I have to say. That's right. And then he's like, Dimitri, follow her or something like that. Yeah. And then she starts slicing Dimitri a bit because she comes on to her a bit too strong as well. Because yeah, Dimitri's like pigs in this apparently. I mean, Dimitri's a an eight hundred year old human. Think mm. about women's rights 800 years ago. Maybe, oh, wait, they but had... then, honestly, you still have to get on board with some of the new shit. I mean, you can't use cell phones and then refuse to accept women's rights. There's, like, there's a you life. can't have both. <laughs> yes. I mean, you have to have both. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, yeah, she does some neck slicing there. Also, they could have... fine. He fix himself. He's an old vampire. He's got this shit. Yeah, he got, like, the super cool healing. But, again, she's always... I mean, I get that her strong point is that she has the, the hunter skills already being born with them. But I would have liked to have a scene where she's actually shown to also kick some ass. That she also has other abilities and not just the shit she was born with. Yeah, I mean, she does have some combat training. Yeah, but, yeah, she does have that. And I would have liked to see a scene where that's maybe showed at least once a bit more thorough. Like, she could have kicked Dimitri's ass a bit better, I thought. He's an 800-year-old super-strong vampire. I'm sure she can kick people's asses. Yeah. When does she run away and go hide? I think that is then, because she runs away from Dimitri, Uh who's now on her tail because she did some slicing. And he's like, oh, no, you fucking don't. And then she starts running and she calls the guild and they, like, send somebody on a motorcycle to dramatically pick her up on a street corner. That's right. Our, like, fourth love interest. I mean, 
is more her best friend, but because she is the main character, he also needs to think she's super hot and attractive. Yeah. Because there cannot be a male on this earth who doesn't want to screw her. I mean, he also has a girlfriend that might be super serial, but... (laughs) Yes, because he now needs to be a better person, apparently. He had, like, commitment issues... And now he's yeah. not the one, and they are fighting, and they have to fix it. And I don't know what this side plot line is about. No. They're, what side plot? Um, yeah, so anyway, we so get a bit of that. And in the meantime, I think, spot. Yeah. And I think while that is happening, we have Raphael going into the weird room and talk to the Asian woman. And she's like... No, I don't think something is off with your powers around her. I think you just fucking like her a bit too much. Yes. And the last time this happened to me, I killed him rather than have him threaten my lifestyle. (laughs) Yes, it's basically, you know what? If somebody happens that, you know, happens to cross your way that might change you, you just go and eliminate that fucker straight away. Don't let them change you. You are perfect. Yeah, Which plus in itself, she's human. Yeah, I mean, in itself wouldn't be a terrible message, like, don't let other people change you. But no, 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 it's about you murdering them. Yeah, not to mention, like, you are an incredible being. You're superhuman. You're better than these mere little aunts. Just, no. Did you say aunts? Like, <laughs> and I am an uncle, and therefore I am so much better than all of these aunts. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> He's definitely in favor of the patriarchy, so I'm pretty sure he would sign that statement. And it's really weird because the person he looks up to most is this really old woman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have Super Uncle over here um, talking to her about it, and she just goes. Because if you don't kill her, she's going to make you a little bit human. And what would be worse than being even a tiny bit human? Makes you easily murderable, right? I mean, she doesn't straight up say, say that. She just says, you're going to be a bit human. And apparently that's a terrible thing, even though we're not explained. Like, nobody says specifically what this means. Just fill in the entire plot of Lucifer, the TV show, right here. <laughs> yes. It's it's a good a good pre-watching to get your head in the game, I guess. You know what? Skip that. Don't read the book. Just watch the TV show. It's much more fun. Look, the book's good. I liked the book. I also like shitting on the book. <laughs> I mean, it's what we're here for, isn't it? No. <laughs> <coughs> okay, so... Now we have him being really confused about what to do, but also whenever he does this long-distance Skype call in a dark room, apparently he becomes super psycho for the next 12 hours. Yeah. We don't and know why it's that explained badly, and he's just he, he now is basically a psychopath. He has no feelings left in him, just some weird urges, and he's just empty and cold. And his urges her. So yes. he puts the call out and everybody's like, you got to get out of the safe space because, like, otherwise this safe space will be safe for nobody else ever again. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, oh, fuck, he's, he's hunting me. And I think she probably assumes it's because she 
didn't let him rape her, more or less. Yeah. And now, uh, uh, oh no, uh. yeah. So she she leaves the 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 safe room in the basement. Yeah. yeah. And so to make sure that he doesn't go after anybody else, she just goes to her apartment, sits there, and wait. And he he goes to one of. That's another creepy scene. I thought he goes to um, her best friend, who's like trying to get back together with his girlfriend. Yeah. And he's, he stands in front of his apartment, and I don't know if it's super hearing or if the door is this thin, but he hears him talking, clearly addressing a woman. And one of his thoughts is just, if she is in there with him, he will have to kill him out of jealousy. Yeah, like he will he's, die. Yes, he's like he's hoping that she isn't in there because then he has to kill the man. And that was just really fucked up. It's possessiveness. Like, it's attractive. He's very jealous. It's weird macho. It's like toxic masculinity 101. Yes. Ah, so yes. He goes in. She isn't in there, which thank goodness for everybody, apparently. And, and he's he just, like, all right, I'm going to kill the other girl unless you'd call her and tell her. Yeah. And he's like, well, I don't have to. If you knew her a little bit, you knew that she would want to keep everybody safe so she's probably not even hiding you idiot oh. and he's like oh of course that makes sense so much sense apparently and yes it's like well off i go to get her then um he shows up at her apartment and is just like creepily standing on the balcony talking to her through the glass through the closed no, glass he was he doesn't stand. He's, like, floating and flying. I don't think she has a balcony. Okay. But at some point she talks about her fucking fancy flowers on her balcony, so maybe I'm confusing scenes. Okay. At any rate, he's, like, there, and he talks to her, and she realizes that something is clearly fucking wrong here. He's even more off his rocks than usual, mm. and she just gets really scared of him. Yeah, and um, she's got she got given that gun by that guy and who yes, lives he, in the bunker. Um, he he gave her a fairly new weapon, I think, that got tested a few times, but isn't it's not like a standard issue because they're never after angels; they're only after vampires. Yeah, but, but it's a gun that can potentially harm an angel. Yeah, you got to aim for the wings and hope that it gives you enough time to run away, because they'll be fine and they'll be mad. Yeah, it's it sounds a little bit like a shotgun, basically. <laughs> like it's supposed to rip a fairly big area of the wings to give you time while they heal. Yeah. To run so, and hide. Yeah, so she has that, and she, like, decides if she should shoot him or not. And I think then he... Keeps getting creepier and breaks through the the glass. Um, yeah, he breaks door. through the window of her apartment. And she's like, "Yeah, I think this is the moment where I shoot this motherfucker." Which agreed, this would be the moment you do that. And then he starts actually dying. I mean, yeah, he's he like crumples on the ground and is not starting to heal, which he should. And she's like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! What did I do?" Yeah. And um. 
he seems to be snapped out of his weird whatever mental thing was going on. So she, he's back to normal, but also kind of bleeding out on the floor. And she's like, ah, what do I do? I can't call an ambulance. And then he's like, just call Dimitri. So she calls Dimitri and she's like, ah, I might have attempted to kill. I might have killed your boss. Can you come help? <laughs> and Dimitri is already on like a m- murdering spree for her. So at this point, I think he's like, I'm going to kill you. You're going to die, bitch. <laughs> yes, apparently he's now also from the South. <laughs> um, you don't know his story. Actually, I don't, no. Um, yeah, and then he and the rest of Raphael's personal guard, like his seven or whatever, yep. show up and they're like, Master! Oh, woe is you! <laughs> And yeah, so they fly him out, and Dimitri is like, you're gonna come with us. Because you just attempted to murder him, this this is like, what the hell is going on? And he basically just, yeah, handcuffs her, I think, or something, and takes her. Yeah, go lock her in the cupboard. Yeah, once again, where are her super impressive hunter skills? Uh, The only reasoning I have is that they're like, supernatural beings and she is a human. Well, for the fact that she's made up to be the the best hunter that the guild has, at least, you know, in, I don't know, the city, the state, the country, I don't know. Ever. The answer is ever. <laughs> well, then I fear for the entire guild, because if he, for example, would have been one of the vampires that needed to be hunted down for whatever reason... They would be but he's eight hundred years old. Well, they, he's eight hundred years old, and the ones they do are the ones that haven't uh-huh. finished their indentured servitude, which is a hundred years. Yeah, but what if he would have later signed up again for servitude for whatever reason or whatever he wants to get out of it, and then there would have been a reason she needed to hunt him. It's it's a badly set up system. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, you probably would send an archangel to get him then. Okay, so she's being <laughs> she's being BDSM tied up with a rope. Because that's all Dimitri knows how to do. <laughs> yes, it's like Dimitri basically goes, I'm sorry, I've never been a fisherman. I don't know knots. I only know BDSM, <laughs> so I will have to tie you up like that. So she gets BDSM tied up. Well, at least she's still dressed. Yeah, she's clothed. It's fine. It's a little bit of inappropriate rope burn, but it's fine. <laughs> yes, and also slightly uncomfortable, clearly. And people are taking care of Raphael, and she's just like, oh, fuck, what's happening? And then I think half a day or something passes, and Dimitri he needs to pee. Her. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right fucking weird feeding scene and yeah whatever and then Raphael wakes up clearly having healed and being like is she still here yes she's here excellent keep her there and Dimitri sets up this entire scene of he's gonna be so mad that you attempted to kill him he's gonna enjoy killing you and I'm all here for that yeah, and I'm going to watch, and it's going to be great. 
Yeah, and she's like, oh, great, great. What have I done this time? Um, yeah. She's allowed to get up and go to the bathroom where she attempts to, like, there's a lot of stuff like toothbrushes, etc. And she's hoping to find a, a razor to make a makeshift weapon quickly to help herself in the oncoming fight. And Dimitri's just like, did you really think I would leave razor blades in there? <laughs> She's uh, like, one can only hope. Yes, pretty much. And then she gets to meet Raphael on the on on a roof or balcony once again, because we have to be outside for this. And she's it's like very dusty with uh, like snow or whatever it is, or scent or oh goodness. yes, oh god yes, we're also getting into that. Um, so yes, she appears and she's like, I'm well, I'm not directly sorry that I shot you because you were really creepy and freaking me out, but I also didn't want to kill you, so I might be a little bit sorry. Yeah. And sorry you oddly, did it, or sorry you got caught? <laughs> yes. No? So, oddly enough, he's, like, not that bothered by the murder attempt? Nah, a little bit turned on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I think one of the sentences at some point in the book was, all of my lovers used to be um, fighters or something like that. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, something along those lines, which gets repeated in her head a couple of times for whatever point we're driving home here. So she she is now seeing his rings, and he lets her inspect his rings, which apparently is also a big deal. Yeah. And, it, and the bullet wound is a different <clears throat> color. Yeah, you can now see where the shotgun wound happened. And it's pretty all like, colors. yeah, she's like, it looks really pretty. And he goes, oh, so you shot me for aesthetics, huh? <laughs> and it's all comedic and funny. And then there's like, but gold. she does the touchy touchy and it will come and her fingers come away with that gold dust. Yeah. And I think at some, at like, uh, the first meeting when Raphael is walking around on the roof, he's like losing a couple of golden dusty bits and she's like oh that's angel dust or whatever it's called and Worth like millions of dollars because you can snort it and get high <laughs> which she didn't know at that point she was just like people tend to um, squabble on the ground for it to collect it because it's so super valuable and expensive and now she has it on her fingers and he's like taste it and she's like wait what <laughs> and he goes yeah why do you think people are beating each other up to get some of that. And she's like, well, I thought it's the good old, look, my job with Angel does is bigger than yours. <laughs> and uh, so he makes her suck up. his finger. <laughs> as you do, apparently. And also, apparently he has control about what the Angel does taste like because he's producing it. It's once again, just really weird and never explained fully. Because we have the wording of, this is a special blend for you. It's just for you. Ugh, that, that was really weird. I'm not going to lie. I was really weirded out by that part. But yes, apparently it gives her a high and horny feeling. 
Yeah, giggity, giggity. That's how he gets it. Anyway. Yeah, so we're now we've moved on from mental rape, for which at some stage he's like, not really apologizing, but he does say that he doesn't want to force her into fucking him, so yeah. yay. He, he realized he was guy. forcing her before. Yeah. So, um... So yeah, now we moved from mind controlling her to fucking him to just giving her drugs to fuck him. This is going so great. Oh, Yay! my last story. Okay, so <coughs> she is taking the horny drug, basically. <laughs> yes. And now we're all fine with getting things on. Like, apparently it's 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 okay now. She's now into him. It's it's, it's fine. I mean. She sucked his finger? Yes. That was her choice. Yes. I mean, yeah. And now she's getting high on the angel dust, which just, it really sounds like a drug from the 80s. I think angel dust is a real drug. Probably. I have to say, my knowledge about drugs is not that great. What? Really? Oh, rude. I mean... You would you be kill my somebody with chemicals much easier than drugs. Just okay, angel dust is a drug, and the things that come up on Google are, what is angel dust made of? Can angel dust kill you? <laughs> the answer is yes, any drug can kill you. Like, it's, also, tomatoes can kill you. It's PCP. Oh, okay. Well, dime. Look, this isn't my area of expertise. Yeah, but we'll call Katrina for the chemical side. It's fine. Maybe. If she passes um, math. Um, <laughs> well, we don't need math right now, so it's fine. All right. So, yes. Yeah, so, I don't know what is what is it properly called in the book. It's, it's not called Angel Dust, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Is it important? I can't remember. Probably not. It's just... Mm. I think I read this one online. So. Well, there's a really long pause now while we do this. Yeah. Um, so they're kind of starting to make up now, I think. Yeah. Which is all great until it's like, oh, wait. I think there was a plot technically supposed to happen here. Oh, shit, you're right. We completely forgot about that. You don't have to have a plot, though. No, you don't. But clearly she decided at some stage that she still wanted that one. Anyway, yes, plot. Tell us more about this plot. Well, he now went with it's time to find Uram guy. Because yeah. he now has drawn first blood. Oh yeah, which means that she can now smell him. And apparently, I mean, we get, I think, one or two scenes where it's where everything is described from Uram's perspective. Yeah. Which you don't really know or understand until way later what it was about. Or at least me. Yeah. So, uh, this, is this where we encounter the first scene where there's, like, women hung up and strung around the room in body parts and there's, like, shit tons of blood everywhere? 
Yes, this now turns into a Criminal Minds episode for like yeah. a chapter or two. And um, they're just going out to find human carnage. Yeah, and she's starting to track the smell of him because he's drinking the human blood. Yes, kind of like a vampire. So. Yeah, which is why the sniff test before was so important. Yeah, finally we're getting some information. Yay. Yeah. They also find um, one of the girls alive, don't they? Yeah, which turns out to lead nowhere, really. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's a chick alive, but this this will eventually be inconsequential, just FYI. Um, yeah, so they're finding all the murdered girls. She's trying to sniff him, like like really like a little sniffer dog, just trying to find him across the fields and the fences and all that. And then she loses the track because he started flying off, which seems like obvious at some stage. Yeah, because he has wings. Yeah. I mean... And, and if you could fly, wouldn't you? Sure. I just... I suppose maybe Raphael could have taken flight with her and they could have tried to track the scent in the air. I don't know. It's never really explained mm. how this scent thing really works. So I mean, scent in real life is you leaving skin particles on the ground... And, like, on things that you touch. I imagine that's much harder with air because the particles start to fall down and get blown away. But, but then the thing is, at the beginning, when she was, uh, for the first time, in the Angel Tower, she was able to say that there was a vampire on that and that floor beneath us. Not having been to that place, actually. Yeah, I think it that's was... more of a directional thing then, isn't it? Then there's got to be some particles in the air, I guess. It's complicated and never fully explained, like, where the limitations are or how it's supposed to work. So I I don't know. I I don't. Maybe she also has spidey senses. Yes. She's only failed Spider-Man. Spidey senses. Okay, she's failed Spider-Man now. I can get behind that. Okay, so failed Spider-Man is losing the the trail at some stage. And they're like, oh, it'll be fine. We'll just have to wait till he murders some more people. Because he'll show up again and stab yeah. some people and drink their blood. I mean, they're just humans after all, so who cares? Oh. They're not important. No, there's so many of them. Humans so, don't yes. even matter. <laughs> nope. Um. Yeah, and then we. I don't know, do they just sit around and wait for the next? Or does it happen fairly quickly that they found the next? I'm not sure. I think she's just driving around town at some stage, hoping to pick up his scent. Yeah, that happens a lot. But there's another major murder, isn't there? Yeah, fairly quickly. Which turns out to be actually the first murder and not the second. Yeah. So they're going into a townhouse somewhere in a rich area. And are finding another couple of girls who were, like, partly drained? Or I'm not, I'm not sure anymore. But it seems like he started there and there's, like, a spilled bowl of blood, which makes gives her the idea that he tried to conserve the blood for a little mm-hmm. snack later. 
but realized once it gets cold, it's kind of it's like spaghetti. Right. It's just no fun. <laughs> so, yes, they're just in there. And she's like, really, I mean, on both crime scenes, they, crime scenes, they actually give her a bit of, um, I don't know, humanity. She's like, really. She's um, not really disturbed. a police detective. She's a hunter. Yeah, and she's really disturbed by all the creepy, crazy fucking shit that's going on. Because he's like, on the first scene there, he really tore apart some of the girls and did like a little art installation. He's an artiste. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, that really gets to her. And she's like throwing up and everything. Which, understandable. So there was some relatableness, I would say, in there. Which I didn't mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then... Well, she's kind of like really done with her day. <laughs> she's like, this is all creepy and horrible and I feel awful. And she keeps getting flashbacks to a horrible thing that happened in her childhood with a serial killer that came by to murder her sisters. No, came by to murder her. Just her. Yeah. But ended, ended up, up just killing her sisters. sisters. Yeah. yeah. Um... So it was like a serial vampire murderer. Serial killer yeah. vampire. That way around. Well, yeah, in any case, she smells just so pretty. Yeah. Great. That's another premise. Whenever we have a main character and vampires in the story, she needs to smell super yummy. More than all the other yummy people. It's necessary. Mmm, delicious. Yum, yum, yum. Because apparently food and sex really needs to go together. Uh, no, it just doesn't, though. No, no, it really doesn't. Oh, well. We... She, so she, is, she definitely has PTSD from that and apparently has never seen a specialist about it. No, 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 no. You can't admit that you have problems. No, of course not, because she's a strong female character. Man. So yes, she gets like flashbacks to that and she's just not having a great day. She's really frustrated and she just ends up after they... Well, she wants to go home to her apartment, but she can't because there's a giant hole in the wall. Yeah. And I think that's that's the part where she they like finished, they finished up taking care of the crime scene or whatever. And also at some stage, we didn't mention that, they start communicating through their minds. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're now telekinetic. Yeah, I mean, he can get really easily into her head, which is his excuse for almost kind of pushing her into sex when she didn't want to. Because apparently it's super easy for him to get into her head and he does it without wanting to. But now they can also talk to each other in their heads. He wants her so badly, he, like, pushes his desire out of his own head. And into her head. Yeah, sure, because that's not creepy at all. Um, yeah, no, so they, from time to time, like, talk to each other. Mind mind. Which I guess is handy when they're not around, and apparently they're too lazy to use phones, because angels. Angels don't carry phones, except most of them do. Except for that really old one. 
Because <laughs> apparently he doesn't know how it works. And also he doesn't accept women, so why would he have phone? You can't have both! <laughs> Clearly. Um, so yes, and we get this also great scene where she's like, going out of the coming from the crime scene jumping back into the car just being really fucking annoyed with the entire day she's been having and all of these dead motherfucking people and all of her PTSD coming up and she's just like listen Archangel like through the weirdo mind connection I just wanna fuck you now and he's like I probably shouldn't take advantage of you because you're in a really vulnerable spot right now mentally but I'm not a good guy, so hell yes. <laughs> and it's actually said like that. Like he says, I shouldn't take advantage of you because clearly you are having a crappy day and this is not entirely you, but I ain't the good guy here, so whoop whoop. I only care about my own needs because I don't understand consequences because I am super powerful. And don't give a fuck about people. Yay! Yay. Um, yeah. So I think she just drives up to his fancy mansion somewhere. I'm not really sure on that. He lives. Oh, yeah, that's right. He has a house in, like, not in the tower, of also, which, he plays, which he also has a bedroom. He also has a manor home in, like, upper New York, where the cash money section is. And, um,. He has fancy house and grounds. Yeah, because, I mean, super rich and powerful, you need to have a couple of mansions at least. Oh, yeah, particularly in New York City. Yes. If it's not more expensive than anybody else could afford, why is it worth having? Mm. Um, Anyway, sorry, we've got running commentary on capitalism as well. (laughs) And... Not to mention that this house has a butler, and she's so fucking delighted by the butler. Which, uh, I didn't mind that part, because I kind of I understood the whole, oh god, he's a jolly butler. He's like a British jolly butler, who takes care of everything. I want one. Please, can I have that one? Yeah, I also kind of like the idea of having a butler. We'll add it to the castle. <laughs> yes, definitely. A jolly British butler. Somebody called Nigel would be nice. Really? Nigel? Ugh. Yes. Fucking Nigel. And I want a bell. I want a fucking bell and Nigel. Mm. You're a lot, <laughs> you know? Yes, you're only now realizing that? Mm. No, I think I knew beforehand and I was just ignoring it. Well, mm. I'm pretty sure we're both very good at ignoring bad parts of people, so there we are. Rude! Rude! Nah, more on the honest side. Okay, getting back into the fucking topic. You thought this was going to be a short episode? (laughs) Yeah, because we're so good at keeping things to the point. We are concise and lying. Um, (laughs) Yes, so um, we are at the mansion. He is already there because you know, wings and all that come in handy. As one can imagine, wings are pretty yeah. dandy. And we're getting some bump chicka wow wow. Giggity giggity goo. 
so I think it took us like three quarters of the book to finally get to this. And yeah, I don't know. They also have a weird conversation about the whole, well, I'm only fucking you if I'm the only one you're fucking. And she's like, yeah, that sounds good, but same for you. And they're like, oh, that sounds great. Yeah, agree. Yay, monogamy! (laughs) Which, it's just so weird. Because they clearly... They clearly don't want that. Yeah. What do you mean? They don't want monogamy or they do want monogamy? No, it sounds like they don't want monogamy, but at the same time, you can't touch anybody else. Yeah, I'm too jealous. Yeah, and he's... Like, again, the masculine toxicity is high here. At some point, I think he says that if anyone else touches her, like any other guy touches her, he would remove his hands or something. And it's just... Yay! Super happy fun times. Yes, this, this is normal relationship stuff. Nothing to see here. Yeah. So we get that, and then we're going back into this mystery plot of trying to find the Urum guy. Other Archangel. Yes. And Oh, we meet her lover, don't we, at the house, too? Yeah, like Michaela or something? Yeah. Michelle? I don't know. Something. Mickey! Mickey. (laughs) We meet Mickey Mouse. Yeah. She's, she's very unimpressed by Elena, because human, you know, you. Yeah, humans are gross. Look, the more I say it, the more I do genuinely think that people are gross. And they I smell... Mean, I mean, they, they are, but then we aren't super powerful, superhuman beings, so... I think we are true. compared to dogs. Yes, but we're not saying that dogs are all beneath us, are we? Some people do. Yeah. I mean, my dog's in charge, but that's fine. Yes, I think so, too. He does a good job. Yeah, you have okay. to meet him. Anyway. <laughs> yes, you should before he takes off your head. Um, yeah, so we get to meet her, and she used to be Uram's lover, and also she seems to be manipulative. So, at, at some stage, Raphael says something about he wouldn't be surprised if she, like, kind of helped him along the getting crazy road. Yeah, she drove him a little bit crazy. <laughs> Which is, is not what you want to look for in a partner. <laughs> like, not that type of crazy. That, that's not the, the crazy you want to go You don't for. want her to make you actually psycho. <laughs> no, bad idea. Um, yeah, and then he shows up. Uh, at Michaela's house, though, right? Yeah, because apparently, um, I mean, then we also get a bit of backstory about the whole, like, what the hell is going on here. Apparently angels have, like, weird darkness build up in them over time. Yeah, I don't Actually, really, I don't really understand this bit either. No, because once again, why explain things when you can say it's just angel magic? It's fine. 
Don't ask. Um, yes, so apparently angels have like toxins build up in them oh, yeah, over that's time right. by using their powers. Uh, I don't know. And, oh, that's right. and you need to get it drained or something. Yes, so <laughs> they could use some leeches once in a while. Uh, so yes. Toxins keep building up in your system. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like New York has a major pollution issue, but never mind. So the toxins are building up in them, and in order to release them, they create vampires. So yeah. now we are being told that angels vampires. are literally making vampires. Yeah. they got to put some of their poison into something, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, so that's not strange at all and apparently nobody knows that it's like one of the best well-kept secrets ever how yeah. vampires are created because they wouldn't want anybody to know that angels have the weakness of those toxins basically yeah building up the toxins so the whole the reason that imram is going crazy is because he's let his toxin build up go on for too long and he's now super powerful but super evil yeah and from the moment I think they um, drink blood for the first time, they kind of get like special, more powerful or something. More powerful in the same way that once you start doing necromancy, <laughs> things take a turn for the worse. Yes. It's power, but the wrong kind. Seek not the dark side. <laughs> yes, yada, yada, yada. So we we have that going on, and she finally gets some understanding of what the fuck is going on here. Yeah. And our gal Mickey gets attacked. She's still a bitch, but she gets attacked. Yeah, because apparently that's something that happened before when somebody went over to the dark side. They came after their former lover for some reason. You kind of like fixate on them. Yeah, and now they realize why from some of the last girls he just ripped out their hearts and dropped them off at Miggy's house which is like as far as romantic gestures go it's a bit much is all I'm saying yeah and I don't literally they... want your heart also it wasn't his heart it was others hearts stop yeah. bringing me strange girls hearts this is not okay but you were my heart and therefore I need to give you this gift of a heart. It's delicious. Yeah. Uh, after this very romantic gesture, um, he does show up at her place and then removes her heart, which apparently doesn't kill an archangel, because why would it? I thought he just attempted to, he didn't quite get there. They scared him off. I don't know. It sounded like he actually tore out her heart, but it was already regenerating. Because mm. he was already gone by the time they came. True, that's right. He had ripped through all the security angels that she had in place, then ripped through her chest, quite literally, and then decided, ah, fuck it, I'm gonna leave now. I'll, I'll just leave you like that, I might finish you off later. Maybe it's well, no, he wanted to do. Yeah, maybe he heard them coming, I can't remember. I don't know, is it important at this stage? No. No, but she goes chasing after him, in, uh, Elena goes chasing after him in the woods. 
Yes. Because that's and super then, safe. Yeah. And then she loses the strike because, once again, flying. It's important. Yeah. More people have so, to die first. Yeah. So now she decides to get into a car and drive around town, presumably with the windows open and her head out like a dog just sniffing the air, hoping to get a glimpse of him. Which actually works, doesn't it? Yes, oddly enough. And, I mean, Raphael is still at the house and taking care of Mickey. I'm not sure. He's, he's still doing some shit while Elena is on the hunt for a room with one of the other, um, like, with blue feather guy. Oh, yeah, to Look right. after her and protect her. Like a guy with the prettiest wings of them all. They're blue. And it's amazing. We have a great taste in music, don't we? We're just playing all the best here. Yes. The bestest. Um, so, yes. Um, wait. I have it. I have it. Ilium. Oh, oh that's right. Ilium. So, yes. He's supposed to... Oh, he is flying overhead from her and keeping Isn't he also called the butterfly or something? Well, oh, Bluebird! Bluebird! Bluebird? Oh, boy. Um, yes. Weirdo. So, he's, yeah, flying overhead, keeping an eye on her. And apparently Raphael can also mind-talk to people in his employee, I guess? Yeah, other angels. Doesn't she lose Bluebird, too, in a crowd? I think... They, I mean, Uram decided that the best way to go about this is simply kill the hunter that's onto him, and then he can just go on his killing spree without any trouble. So he's attacking her now, but seeing how Ilium is protecting her, he decides to take him out first. Oh, that's right. Sorry, I'm getting book two and book one confused. That's um, fine. So Uram basically just kind of rips him out of the sky. Yeah. He went and down like some pretty bricks. Yeah, and that's when Raphael just remembers, oh, I haven't heard anything from Ilium in a while. I should check in with him. And it's like, oh, something is going wrong here. Fuck. He's in the middle of a battle for his life. Yeah, so Raphael sets out and he finds Ilium just drifting in the Hudson River, I suppose. Or one and, of the rivers, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. He, he finds him in the water and he gets him out. And Where is Elena? Yeah. <laughs> and he puts on his Batman voice. And then he, uh, yeah. He just goes, you stay here and heal or whatever. I don't think he can fly at this point. I think his wings are like... Fuck. Pretty trashed. And... He goes to find her, and she is being held hostage in some kind of... Warehouse? Yeah, it sounds like it. It's just full of rotting people. Yeah, he's been there for a while. It's his base of operation. And he definitely has not cleaned up after himself. Yep. And he also has a vampire there that he's been strapping to the wall for... I don't know what the purpose was there. Um, I don't know either, but I know that, that that we get flashes from that vampire. That's how we're getting information earlier. 
Yeah. Isn't there a mirror as well? There's something like. Anyway. Mm, it's clearly yeah. not important shit. This was a no. great book. Everybody should definitely read it. <laughs> We're doing such a good job at promoting it. Vivid detail. <laughs> clearly unforgettable. Um, yes, so now <clears throat> this mind connection between her and Raphael comes in handy because she tries to give him clues where she is so he can find her. I'm in a warehouse. It smells bad. Follow your nose. <laughs> I, I can hear the seagulls outside. I have to be at the pier. Something like that. Yeah. And then... Use your super smell. Tell us more about the surroundings. Yeah. Even though the super smell should only be really working on supernatural stuff. It's super smell. Yeah, but why would she need super smell beyond the smelling vampires? Just light things? To tell when her toast is perfectly done. <laughs> but, but then you don't need to be a hunter for that. No, it's just cool life hacks. Yeah. So, I mean, Uram starts to torture her a bit. Just a and, little bit. Yeah, because her, her leg kind of got trashed in, in the fight, and now he just keeps trashing her leg. And then I think we have Raphael showing up. Yeah. Cause Ready to go. Manu can kill the Manu. Yeah. Yes. So. Wish you had that cool gun now. Dum, da, dum, dum. Foreshadowing. Um, yeah, so... He frees... Uh, he gets in there, he starts distracting uh, Uram, and then uh, Elena has to find a way to free herself from her bonds, and then the vampire that's there that's been tortured for funsies this whole time um, frees her, and is like, kill me, I don't want to be alive anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I think she does, right? I mean, where where would... No, that's not true. She's not fully into a vampire. She's not quite fully turned into a vampire. She's, like, pretty tortured and beat up, and she's like, I just want to die. And they're like, uh... Pretty sure it was a guy, wasn't it? No, I think it's a girl, because that's his type. And also, Dimitri gets real smitten with that character. Oh, right, okay. Well, at any rate, I think Dimitri Basically. should have given her some, some training in how to get out of bonds, seeing how he's, like, a professional. A bondage expert, yeah. 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 Well, we'll next time. We'll keep that in mind sure. for the future. Um, so, yes. She okay. gets... This lady helps her, helps Elena out, um, and then they go and find Elena's stuff. Yeah, uh, well, there's dum dum dum. Oh god, the super gun. Plus the Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, um, Raphael and Uram are getting it on. Yeah, up in the, in the sky. Yeah. And so she climbs a scaffolding. Yeah, I'm not sure. She's on. Well, the building seems to be half destroyed by the fighting of the angels because superpower yeah. and everything. So she's kind of climbing around in the wreckage of that building, trying to get well, high up. Already being injured, right? 
Um, she, yeah, she lets off a shot and misses, and then she has Iram's attention for long enough for him to, like, smash her into the building a little bit more. Yeah, but he's Um, distracted enough so that Raphael can get in, like, a couple punches. Yeah, and then he comes back, he gives Raphael his attention, Al Gal here is dying and she's like I got one more bullet I can make this shot do the things um, super archery skill uh, it's a gun why is she using archery skills because it sounds much cooler I don't know it's a shotgun she's going to take out an angel in the sky with a shotgun that's pretty cool <laughs> uh, well, well you've got high she- standards <laughs> Nothing impresses you, does it? Well, I'm dead on the inside, so... Nah, that is true. Um, right, Yeah, so, so she shoots... She shoots a rum, and she actually hits this time. Yeah. And then... Raphael gets in the killing blow, and everything looks great, right up until the building starts to collapse. Yeah, and also he got some... Didn't he get some weird black tar stuff onto him? Uh, maybe. I don't remember. I, don't know. I have like a weird memory of him having. Well, at any rate, he's like really badly wounded too. His wings are barely functioning, and Rum got him pretty bad. Yeah, everybody's pretty beat up. Building is collapsing. Eleanor's gonna die because the building's about to collapse on her. Yeah, and <laughs> the whole scene is a bit strange because he's. Like flying up to her and then talking, but he doesn't actually make an attempt to grab her and save her immediately. Yeah, then she starts falling and they start. Then he goes to grab her as they start falling out of the sky? Or she's so. falling then out of the just sky? They're just tumbling together. Yeah, and. and... Sauntering vaguely downwards. <laughs> Uh, he thinks they're gonna die, she thinks they're gonna die, so he vomits some golden liquid into her mouth. <laughs> it sounds more... I thought it was the, the, the tears that he was crying, actually. Oh, no, I can't... I thought it was... It, can't, it comes from his mouth. Does it, though? Doesn't it? Isn't that the whole thing? Yeah, he definitely, like, kisses her, and then, like, there's golden shit and it tastes delicious in her mouth or something. Oh god, I mean, there's some weird fucked up shit going on, let's agree on that. And it's and one hell of a story, that's for sure. Yeah, and then like confessing their love for each other and everything is uh, truly, madly, deeply. Yes, even though I only know you for like a week, maybe. Yeah. And yeah, and then they're not falling anymore because apparently found the strength to actually carry her while flying or something. Yeah, it's everybody's fine for some reason, and your gal turned into an angel, and that's which the end I think was really predictable from the beginning of the story. Really, I didn't see that coming. I thought I wasn't sure. I was thinking maybe he'd become human. No, because I mean, the whole issue with all of these these paranormal love stories, especially because one of them always needs to be immortal. The issue always is that you can never have them just stay in a relationship where one of them will die in 50-odd years. 
the the immortal one always needs to turn into something also immortal because this needs to be a happy ever after forever and ever. That sounds like way too much time. Yes, for God, yes. So basically, no matter which one of these stories you take, they always turn some form of immortal. So I was just wondering if in the end she was forced to become a vampire as she hated to bits, or if they would find a magical way to turn into an angel and wouldn't you know what happened. Magical way of turning into an angel. Yes, which never happened. Oh, it didn't happen in such a long time that nobody remembers anymore how it's done or how it they happens. They don't understand how it works. Yeah, it's like this big mystery that nobody thought of writing something down about, so it got forgotten. I think they probably forgot it on purpose, really. Maybe. Well, at any rate, she now wakes up. <laughs> I like the scene of her waking up, realizing there are wings under her, and going, oh my god, I'm crushing an angel, help me out. <laughs> And then being like, oh, fuck, those are mine. Yeah, that was pretty funny. And, yeah. And that's then that, that's the ending of just him going, I don't know what this is going to be, but you're mine We're in forever. it together forever. Yes. So this book suggests, actually, I thought, that he ran through some other character arc of just becoming somewhat a less douchey asshole towards the end. Yeah, and I mean, he definitely works on the consent issue. A bit. But but, but that's the thing. I I really thought this is what we were going for. And then I thought, you know what? Let's see what the premise of the next book is. And I just started reading at random. Well, I started reading the first, I think, three chapters. And they were so heavy-handed. Um, But you're in his world now. He has to learn to adapt in his own environment, not out in the real world. It's a bad excuse for him deciding, well, you know what? I'm going to control you and your life because now I fucking own you. But he doesn't. She's completely independent, except that she can't fly because she's terrible and she's a baby. Sorry. I don't know. In case anybody wanted to read the next book in this series or even cared to read these books at all... Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't get any further. I read the first three chapters. I get so angry and shouting at my screen that I decided, nope, nope, this is it. I'm, I'm stopping here before I start reading. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I think I got three books in, or at least to the end of book two, uh, and then moved on with my life. <laughs> Something. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not saying that there, there isn't a great revelation at some point in the books where that he does change and become a better person. But it takes away from him way too long for me to get a message. Yeah, it's just, um, I don't have the time to overlook all of this really unhealthy relationship themes until he finally gets his shit together. It's just not. Yeah. You can't change him. Just leave. Yes. I mean, you're immortal now, fine, but... Just, like, find yourself a different angel. Ilium's great. He's nice. And on top of things. Why not go to him? He could be, that's for sure. I mean, he's described as a very handsome guy, too, so... Yeah, and his wings are blue. How much cooler is that? Yeah. I mean, Raphael has, like, the boring white 
goldenish wings. Like he just. He looks exactly like an angel ex- is expected to. So. Yeah. Cliche. Yeah. Get yourself the blue guy. Blue guy. Blue guy. <laughs> yes. yes. Odd so... standards. <laughs> yes. Slightly. Uh, yeah, but I mean, again, it wasn't a super terrible read. Yeah. The, uh, I think the the biggest issue I had was a lot of the strange relationship dynamic that seemed unhealthy, and also the consent issue. It's kind of what, what ruined it for me, I think. Yeah, look, I enjoyed it a lot. Um when I was reading it. I guess I was a little bit worried about consent, and I don't think the characters were fleshed out enough. Um, yeah, he is a bit of a douche canoe, but yeah. sometimes I find that really attractive. Um, <laughs> and this happened to be one of those times. Uh, also, he's just generally very attractive. Yeah, which, I mean... They have to be, right? He's the main protagonist. He has to... Or he's the main male protagonist. He has to... He has to look hot. Yeah, I guess. Okay, if somebody out there knows of a book where we have the main love interest looking really shitty, it's just like he's in every It's just show. a great personality. Yeah. You're like, he's an awesome guy, but he's super average. He has, like, a little bit of a belly hanging out there. He keeps scratching his ass. That has just no, nothing remotely no, attractive no, going scratching. on. But just, yeah. And also, she is she is going to be the immortal one. And the whole book premise is just them falling in love because of his great personality, them being together until, she, uh, until he dies, and that's it. There's no turning anybody into anything. This is just a normal fucking relationship. Yeah, everything's great. Can we get a book like that? I would be highly interested in reading that. Uh, that sounds like so much effort. <laughs> well, if somebody comes across something similar, please. No, if you have to have a relationship based on personality and like communication, who's gonna read that? Yeah, I guess. Not enough hot people. True. I there should be more hot people in real life. Yes, can we swap that? I'm, I'm starting a petition. We'd like more hot people in real life. Thank you. <laughs> we are fine with less attractive, attractive people in books in exchange. That's okay. We shall survive. Uh, <sighs> okay. Right. Well, I think we're going to call it there. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Yes. Do give a thumbs up and likes and whatever else is available on whatever platform you are. Yes, give us a Uh, review. Maybe not too bitchy. Helpful. Recommend us to all your friends. Go and see our website, which is tereadlightlypod.com. You can find us on Spotify, on iTunes, on Podomaniac, Buzzsprout, our own website, which is much easier, and SoundCloud, right? Yeah. Like, all of those or none of those. Whichever. Whatever floats you go. Whatever floats you go. Um, 
right. Well, we'll catch you next week when we're going to review something. I think next week it's Holly Merlin. Oh, that's right. Secret Coven. Which is hailed to be a Harry Potter for grown-ups. So, woo! That sounds exciting. Come around for that.